Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This holiday season, AT&T is giving away $25,000 just for telling them what great LG products you want this year. Stop by a participating AT&T store and snap a selfie holding up the LG products you want to get, like the LG V20 with 5.7-inch HD display and direct TV app to watch live TV. Then share your selfie on Twitter or Instagram with hashtag Here's What I Want Sweeps or upload it to Here's What I Want Sweeps.com for a chance to win $25,000. No purchase necessary. Click the banner for rules and a list of participants stores. What should we change the names of the positions to in today's game? Is LeBron a coachable player? And where will Luke Walton end up coaching? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey, sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Podcast. I sincerely hope that you are listening to this on our mobile app, and if you are not, then your computer quite conceivably might melt down and blow up in front of your face. And uh, I am pleased today to bring on my buddy Brian to talk more about solving the NBA's problems. So, Brian, how, uh, how is the solving business going? Um, the solving business is uh, very lucrative and very exciting, and it's it's all happening. Who, all I wonder happening who we're going to get sponsored by today. Um, yeah, who is sponsoring us today? I think it's I think it's a 3M Corporation, isn't it? Wow, yes, uh, 3M making uh, audio tape, I believe, right? <laughs> Post-it notes and uh, supplies and <laughs> everything, everything under those tanks. I think they make air- airplane turbines. And yes, you name I, it, they just do it all. Yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure somebody walked into their office one day and said, "Hey, there's like this whole digital revolution thing." They're like, "Ah." No, post-it notes. <laughs> exactly, yes. That's, That's the, the wave of the future. Yes, this is the wave of the future. Just sticky in one little part of it. The rest of it, no, it's fine. That's right. So, Thank you, uh, 3M Corporation. Well we, 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 well, we have our own <laughs> post-it notes today. And uh, on the first one, I thought we could uh, talk a little bit about what happened in Toronto with uh, the Blake Griffin situation. We had um, Dan Wojcicki on yesterday, shameless plug, uh, to talk about it on our podcast. And so... Um, you have an interesting take. Yeah, I, I look, I, obviously I wasn't there. I'm not a reporter. I know nothing more than what I'm reading in the news, but it feels like every story at this point is kind of following the same narrative, which is, you know, they're just a couple of really close friends and they got into some silly argument and it, they were drinking and, and things turned a little bit. And that's kind of like the tone of every story and every quote is like how they're such good buddies and all this stuff and and maybe maybe they were or are i I don't know i'm not there but but i just i hate that narrative so much it really it like gets into my my it it makes my soul cry wow and yes it it does it is because look again i don't i have no idea what happened i have no idea what was said or how horrible but like there's there's this this inequity in this in this relationship if it was a friendship between um just on paper between these two gentlemen. And it's like, you know, Blake is, he's a very big, strong, rich 
powerful, famous athlete, and the other guy is some dude who's got a job with the Clippers. And there's this imbalance between, even physically, one of them is very tall, one is very small, one is big and strong, one seems to be a slighter build. One is very rich, one probably not so much. And (laughs) the fact that, like, the guy who has everything seems to have just beaten the crap out of the guy who has nothing. It's it, and then and then it's like well you know that's what that's what happens among friends you know it just it feels so dismissive of of something that's just so wrong you know again yeah. I, I have no idea it was said but like that piece of it just it just hurts I I just uh what just, wait 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 the last time we hung out and had drinks I beat the shit out of you what was wrong you with did. that you did but <laughs> that was you know that was deserved that was absolutely deserved right. uh, it was you totally asked my for fault. It. I had um, said that I'd made that I'd made that comment. It got taken awry. Yes, yeah, that's well, what happens. For I, it was my bad for hanging out with you in Toronto. I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, did you? I never saw drinking as part of this whole thing. Did you throw it in there, or is that part of what you read? No, that's part of what I read. Huh. They said they, they were they were they were several drinks in at some sort of bar oh, or restaurant. Getting hammered day. in the middle of the season. That said, he was he was still on you know injured, but he was about to come back. That's also interesting. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, here's the thing. Like I've never. You know, I had a tweet out, I'm like, how easy is it to break your hand with a punch? And it was funny because I got a lot of responses. Some were like, oh, it's real easy to get at the right spot. Other guys were like, no, you got to hit pretty hard. Um, but here's the worst part about it, which is, you know, when a couple of details have come out, was that he, he started to beat on the guy in the restaurant. Right. And then followed him out of the restaurant and continued to beat on him more. Um, so that is also an issue where... You know, there was a bit of a cooling off period where the first punch and all of a sudden you guys look at each other, you know, scared, like, oh, gosh, what did I just do? And then it was more like, you know, primal rage uh, where he can't stop. Um, he, que- he did tweet out a, an apology. Did you see that? No, I didn't. I just I, noticed I, I missed this. It. Yesterday, he, he tweeted out, did, and it is. Did, did his publicist tweet out? I mean, did he tweet out an apology? Yeah, it, they used a very, it wasn't Comic Sans font. <laughs> it and was. it was, he writes, a situation among friends escalated, and I regret the way I handled myself towards someone I care about. I yes, wanted to apologize friends. to the Clippers organization, my teammates, and the fans for creating a distraction. I am working with the team on a resolution and getting back in the game as soon as possible. So. Didn't even yes. really say sorry. Oh, I did. I, I want to apologize. Okay, so he did say I want to apologize. I want to. Does that when you're saying I want to apologize, is that the same thing as saying I do apologize? Or yeah, is it saying, no, like, not at all. I would hope that I could <laughs> apologize. Like that is something I desire is is the ability to apologize. And you like, know, he doesn't apologize to the guy he broke his hand's face on. No, wait. What does it say again? Who does he apologize? I to want exactly? to apologize to the Clippers organization. Now, I guess you can consider him part of that. And then, yeah, comma, okay. my teammates and my and the fans. Yeah. So, um, you know, the guy was beat up. They got to take him to the hospital. It's right. Did you read that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was. I think he's pretty messed up. I mean, he's not been. I look. I, obviously, I don't know, but it's not like it's not like there's been a photo of him in public since this happened. Right. Right. You know, I mean, his his five foot eight inch face. To, you know, got hit so hard by Blake's six foot ten inch hand that it, the hand got broken. But well, multiple hit. times, right? I mean, yeah, he, like, he, you know, that, that's the the thing for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's a problem. Uh, you know, Adam Silver was caught on DMZ. They they interviewed him and he did it. Interestingly enough. And, um, and, you know, he intimated that Blake's a nice guy. He's always been a friend right. of everybody and this and that, whatever. And that, 
you know, there will be, you know, consequences are usually, you know, in order here, but like it sounded like an aw shucks moment for, for David, for Silver. This holiday season, AT&T is giving away $25,000 just for telling them what great LG products you want this year. Stop by a participating AT&T store and snap a selfie holding up the LG products you want to get, like the LG V20 with 5.7 inch HD display and direct TV app to watch live TV. Then share your selfie on Twitter or Instagram with hashtag here's what I want sweeps or upload it to here's what I want sweeps.com for a chance to win 25 grand. No purchase necessary. Click the banner for rules and a list of participating stores. Did, did I, have I told you, have I told you my new theory on the Clippers, which, which is, um, I think that Donald Sterling was Saddam Hussein that, yeah, he was horrible, but when they got rid of him, everything got worse. You know, like ah. I just think everything's just gotten like, like maybe he was the horrible dictator who kept it all together. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you know like, everything is just now worse. There's this terrible power vacuum and everyone's fighting each other. And, um, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it's interesting because you remember Bill Simmons <laughs> had this big bombshell that nothing ever came out of where he, you know, he made it seem like all, everything is all falling apart there. And then, you know, I, I've asked some people around and, Everyone kind of shrugs and is like, well, you know, there's, there's, a, there's nothing that's out of the ordinary. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if um, – I wonder with Donald Sterling, well, he would feel like if he knew that we were comparing him to uh, the Saddam Hussein role. <laughs> uh, exactly. I think I, that makes the, the woman with the visors she's, – she's Chemical Ali. Like I can't – I really can't extend the metaphor to Uday and Kuse. I don't know where it goes from here, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to lock it in at Sterling and Saddam. I'm going to stop right there. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. probably not a bad idea. They both, but... they both made a lot of money in the 90s. Like, Yes, they did. Wow. Uh, and yeah, they're both – I, yeah. I have a feeling – I wouldn't be surprised if, if we found Donald Sterling in some sort of spider hole somewhere right now too. <laughs> in a bunker, yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, um, yeah, I, 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 think, I, think, I think we could continue this. Tell your Twitter followers to continue the metaphor. They'll, 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 they'll lock it down for you. Yeah, sure. I'm, they'll I, I'm make always, that happen. That's always welcome. I, I, I have such a great time on Twitter most of the time anyway. Yeah, let, let's put that out there. Uh, although I did tweet out just, just a second ago yes. um, that I said it was funny that people don't trace – Draymond Green's lineage to LeBron James. Ooh, explain. In, in terms of position, which is what we'll get oh, to yeah. a little bit later, but, you know, um, his position that, that, that Draymond plays should be what LeBron James had been doing for several years before that and really won't and won't embrace. And as a result, we don't see the connection there, but it, it, it's kind of there even though it's not. Interesting. You know, LeBron James should be that defensive player. Right. He should be playing, you know, power forward and then actually overwhelming guys because he's got better size than Draymond does, but he won't. So it's this weird thing where I'm like, you know, you know, in a different world that in my more perfect world, LeBron James would have been the first Draymond. Well, does he feel like is it the kind of thing like with this current roster that the Cavs have that, you know, there's so many big bodies on it that maybe he doesn't feel like he has to do it? I don't know. I mean, like, it just seems clear everybody knows and sees it, and I do, like, like they, they would be better. Mm-hmm. Um, not that, again, are, are they, do they need to be better at what they are? And that's the other question is, is he just kind of coasting until the playoffs? Does he have enough experience now right. where he'll say, you know, I don't need to, uh, to play hard on defense and do these things. I need to conserve energy. And... Um, which, which, by the way, would be, would be a completely legitimate way for him to play at this point in his career, you know? Yeah, I, I guess mean, so. 
either you know they're going to win enough games that they'll probably will have home court through through the Eastern Conference playoffs, right? And so they go on the road for the finals, and uh, he conserves some energy. It's probably the way he should play. All right, I guess so. Career. I, don't know. I mean, I, that's, I, you know. that's the Spurs way. We, we, we praise the Spurs for doing it. Well, no, the Spurs will do it. Or they'll just sit the guy for the whole game. But Got while it. they're out there, right, they're not, like, obviously conserving energy like we see LeBron do, right? But I wonder if, um, like, would the Cavs ever be allowed to sit LeBron? Like, wouldn't that be a problem for, you know, wouldn't they, wouldn't they make a big thing about, like, the guys who are buying, you know, people who are buying tickets for the road games or the home games to go see LeBron and he's not playing? Yeah. You like, know, it's funny because it happened with, with Melo when Melo played in the All-Star, All-Star game, you know, and then he just basically just took the rest of the season off. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, what if I saved all my money early in the year and, you know, to, to go buy a ticket, I want my kid to see Melo, right? And then he just doesn't show up. Um, yes. Would you? Would you? Would you pay all that money for your kid to see Mello, though? <laughs> would that be where the no. money would go? <laughs> I, I would. I would. I would put that money in escrow somewhere until about any day. But um, you know, that's clearly a thing. Even like with with well, Kobe was different because he really was banged up. But like the point being for there was that Mello, you know, he didn't look so injured in the All Star game. Right. You know, not enough to be like shut down and shut it down. I mean, that we, there's a whole reason why they were doing that as far as you know the pick and whatever, but. And, and without that, we wouldn't have Porzingis. So um, I don't know. Uh, it's an interesting conundrum. Yes. And, um, and I feel like, you know, from my point of view, when you see what, what you know, it, it's like we know how good LeBron is and can be. Although that's, that, that said, it's possible he can't turn it on anymore on the defensive end. Yeah, there, 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 there will come uh, it, 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 there will come that moment, right? It happens to all the greats. There will come that moment where he can't do it anymore. Um, but, you know, I guess until we see him not do it for a long time, we don't really know. We can still, you know, I think he still gets the benefit of the doubt for a while until you know for sure that he can't do it. Okay. Like, see if he's playing See if he's playing this way in the playoffs and then... then okay. You know, all right. Well, that's well, my all right. take on it. Okay. Well, does that bring us that's my, to... That's my hot official take. Yes. And before we, our last uh, podcast, you know, David Blatt hadn't been fired yet, and we kind of talked Ooh. about, you know, what was going on there. Do we want to talk at all about that? Sure, why not? Let's do it. Yeah, we're, we were talking about it. Didn't we, we had a conversation about, like, would they fire Blatt? I think we said in the offseason, and uh, we were talking about replacing him with Tibbs. Yeah. And instead they replaced him three seconds later with uh, Ty Lue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I did a breakdown of it, and uh, it kind of went viral, and and um, people really responded. I mean, it was kind of an evisceration of LeBron James, um, and and you know, because basically the, the the conceit from for the video was, you know, if it's if they weren't going to beat the Spurs and the Warriors, um, they they had to fire the coach and change something so that would work. Okay, then the question is why. Couldn't they beat them? And then I just said, okay, here, here is why. Their, their defense was terrible, and it started with LeBron. Um, plus this notion of them throwing a game, um, which was reported. And I looked through it, and I saw some stuff that didn't look kosher to me. But, you know, there was a, it was a second of a back-to-back on the road after an emotional game. So there has to be a big asterisk against, uh, for that. Yeah, I think, you know... <laughs> I think the infuriating thing for me, again, and you know, going back to the the today's theme of bullying, but like, and this is maybe different, but like, 
So immediately, like, he gets he get they fire Blatt, and like immediately in the the press release, the media, the first thing he said is LeBron didn't know. Like that's the LeBron, he had no idea. We just did this without him, which you know then the, that became the narrative of like I I had no idea. They, just, they fired this guy. You know who? What did I know? And and that was so obviously untrue that like so you know i'm not a crook kind of stuff you know it was so blatantly untrue mm-hmm. that that kind of made it feel a little uh a little yucky uh i, I agree and i also <laughs> think that um um what i was gonna say about that um yeah like like clearly oh here's the thing let's just pretend that it's true okay it's true what kind of what kind of GM would ever do that and not tell <laughs> the, right. the star? Like, right, exactly. Th- that's horrible. That would be the worst. That'd be worse. Right. So, um, you know, uh, anyway, so that, that, that was my take and my conceit as well. Um, anyhow, um, so, so it's, a, it's a problem altogether and there's a lot of things. He was never accepted. And then you got to kind of figure out why. I, I feel at the pro level, it's on the player's they need to like you know to accept the coach when they when he when they first get there. I just feel like that needs to be uh, the explicit agreement. Um, it might change over time, but not like you can't just sort of dismiss. He's an outsider. He doesn't know it. Whatever. He's an idiot. Well, I'm not going to listen right. to him. That that just seemed to be wrong. Well, I think that I think that's kind of like basic human behavior. Like treat people with respect. <laughs> treat people until 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 they prove they're undeserving of it. You know, it's like golden rule stuff. Treat people respectfully. Be 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 nice, and uh, and it just it wasn't it wasn't a very nice situation. Yeah, and then they had the guy who was a part owner of the Heat go uh, speak in <gasps> Hebrew. Oh yeah, which is really exciting. And I actually had a, a journalist who I know who who speaks uh, who's fluent in in Hebrew. She she was able to tell me that you know clearly this guy the reporter just made up what he said. He did not. He never said. Uh, specifically, that he tried to get Spolstra fired. Oh, really? He, he made it up? Are you well, kidding? Well, he he didn't say that. So the owner never said that, but he inferred from what he said, and that because it was in Hebrew and no one could read it, like he, he literally it was a total. It was a, not even a, out of context. It was just a misquote. Um, but here's the thing that I believe it does exist in that in that interview was. Uh, there, there was a meeting with Riley and LeBron, and Riley said, you know, Spolstra is our coach. Now, you know, you don't walk in, hi, LeBron, hi, 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 hi Pat, uh, Spolstra is our coach. Like, it doesn't come out the second thing you say. That generally <laughs> you like, comes you out. like Spolstra? Check this box. Yeah, right. yeah that, that, that comes out generally in a conversation where you're like, I don't want the coach to be here. And then Riley says, Eric Spolstra is our coach. Right, and then you read also what Riley said in his press conference after LeBron left, and there was a lot of veiled or unveiled references in there. So um, you have to imagine that, like you know, he already we know that the Mike Brown thing was most likely from him too, and he left anyway. Right, um, and at the first time, and now you know, and then you know, he didn't get along with Spolstra for a lot of it. We know that there was a lot of issues there. So there, there's just a weird you know issue there because. He, I, he doesn't seem to, you know, value the role of the coach or really know what the coach's role is supposed to be. Right. Now, again, there's, there's sort of there's sort of a question, like, if, you, if he was playing for Phil Jackson, would he, you know, would, would it be different? And it's, it's hard to know. It's hard to know for sure. But, like, it's, it's fairly clear that he's not 
he's not necessarily been kind to the coaches. And, and frankly, whatever he did, the rest of the team was going to do as well in Cleveland. Like everybody was going to follow his lead. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And with help from Albertsons, it doesn't have to be the most stressful. Stop in for great deals on holiday favorites so you can stretch your budget and celebrate more. Pick up fresh, boneless, skinless chicken breasts or thighs, just $1.59 a pound when you buy a value pack of three pounds or more. And get General Mills cereal 10.7 to 13 ounces, selected varieties, $1.57 when you buy two. Tastier meals, sweeter deals, happier holidays. Albertsons, it's just better. Lead. Mm-hmm. So um, it's not like the other, you know, 12, 14 guys on the roster could be like, nope, we're, we're going to listen to him. Not, not, uh, right. it, it just wasn't going to work that way. So but the only other thing, the, the troubling conundrum here is that generally LeBron James plays like a, like a, like, like a well-coached player. He, yes. he makes the pass when he's supposed to. He knows yep. the play. Like he, he does play that way. Unlike, you know, just to throw this out there, like a Kobe Bryant who tends to go on his own a lot and drove Phil Jackson crazy and probably, you know, short of demanding of the, you know, then the, uh, hire somebody else. You know, Phil didn't come back after that last run, and then remember they brought him back later. But you know, Kobe wasn't lobbying for Phil to stay. I'll tell you that. Yeah, you know, it's 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 actually it's a very interesting point you make. LeBron plays like a great teammate. His game is, you know, he passes. He he plays like a really really good teammate. Um, it's weird. There's this strange dichotomy to him because you know sometimes he does things that are just immensely likable and. Uh, the other times, you know, he does the decision, and there's like he's he's like two characters, right? That said, more recently, he's not done. He's not played as much of that. Like he, like even what we saw in the finals last time. Because here's the thing with the finals, you know, there's no way that um, you know the offense they ended up running because of they were missing Love and um, Kyrie. You know, was basically like ISO, ISO, back and down, back and down. No matter what you tell me, there's no way that Blatt would have ever agreed to that game plan. He would have been, and he would have been like, well, I mean, only because I, because I, this is what I would have done being a guy who's coached like, you know, for instance, type offense with motion and trying, you know, he'd be like, no, we need more movement to help your gravity open up shots for our lesser players so that, you know, otherwise they're not going to be able to help us at all. And instead, you know, they got what they got, which is what they're going to lose to the Warriors every time. And by the way, they did it again in the, this last game when they got destroyed. They went with Love, with Kyrie. They went right back to ISO uh, Le, uh, LeBron James stuff. And it's just, I just don't believe it was ever Blatt's choice to do that anyway. No, it's going to help them win the title in uh, 1992. But uh, maybe maybe not this year. <laughs> yes. We, they, they need 1.21 gigawatts of power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you think do you think David Blatt said something bad about the movie Trainwreck, or like there was yeah. something else in there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, now the smear campaign's coming out against everybody, where like you hear some stuff about Blatt, and uh, you know, you know he, how he, he constantly kept saying, "Well, you know, I, I'm not a rookie. I'm this and that, whatever." And it was like, you know, I, I guess I would have had to been there and hear it and see it just to sort of figure out what um, that means. As yeah. far as, um, you know, did it really, was that really grading on everybody or not? You know, like they're saying, who knows? Um, not a good it's fit, good. I guess, either way. Probably not, you know, and, and, uh, and look, you know, hope maybe it'll, maybe it'll make Cleveland gels a team and help there. And, you know, hopefully Blatt will get another shot to sort of prove what he can do. Um, I would, it would be, you know, if that next shot comes in 
Brooklyn and he gets to play with that roster and the traded picks and everything else that comes with it that might be a little bit dicey for him, but, you know, yeah, I, let's I, see what he can do. I, you know, it's quite possible that Brooklyn can't hire another coach for a while. <laughs> like, <laughs> that they're just, they're going to go coachless for like, for Yeah, like, well, I mean, it, it, depending on who they want to hire, like, I don't know. I feel like some guys are going to turn the job down. That is, uh, well, coaches who can turn the job down probably will turn the job down, right? Those those right. who those who don't have to take it um, may 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 do so. God, they uh, they really painted themselves on a corner, huh? In Brooklyn, they did, yeah. they did, and they did it. The, the, the second they there was never a moment where this was going to work. Like I, I ever thought it was going to work and be worth it. I mean, I, I think that's the point. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I, 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 the biggest thing I'm impressed with is how long King was able to hang on before they fired him anyway. Right. You know, I mean, listen, a job is a job in this market. You don't want to lose your job, you know, but at some point it was almost like he would have stepped down before doing what they made him do. And if that's the case. But, and he's still around, isn't he? Isn't he still there? Like picking his successor? Um, I, I don't know. He's still, I think he's still hanging around there. Huh. Okay. Well, which, listen. If, which, if that's true, is just is magnificent. I, I love that. It's just wonderful. Well, it's a New York thing, you know. Isaiah Thomas is still around. Oh yeah, that's true. Yes, yes, he is. So you know, I, I, I don't know. That that's it's just a mess. Can you name like four players in the Nets? Uh Brooke Lopez. Yeah. Um. Brooke Lopez. You know, there's Joe, Joe Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. Yes, they have Joe Johnson. They have, uh... you know, see, it's not that easy either. It's weird. Yeah. Like, now I'm going to look it up. <laughs> yeah, I was just going through it. And, you know, they have Jared Jack, who's now not playing. Oh, injured. right. He's not working. Oh, Thad, Thad Young. Thad, Thad is young, you yeah. know. But, um, yeah, you know, wow. it's, they're not like household names. They got Bargnani. You might forget that. Um, but uh, anyway, it's a weird and team, look, and they're toiling in obscurity in a way that's just weird. Well, they're going to have you know they're going to have a lot of money to spend next year, but again, there's going to be nobody to spend the money on, and they don't have picks. Their picks are gone. Yeah. So uh, that's you know problematic. Well, let's move on to yes. a, uh, our homework that we had. Ooh, yeah, let's talk about our homework assignment. So our homework assignment last uh, episode, if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it now. Shameless plug. And um, is, um, we decided we were talking about positions and, you know, yes. point guard, shooting guard. And they, they don't really have the past. What's that? A thing of the past, those are. They are. They really those don't are your apply. grandfather's positions. <laughs> they are grandfather's positions, absolutely. They're your uncle's, great uncle's position. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we decided, okay, and I thought it would be interesting if, if we come up with the names of positions based on players that they represent. Okay. So I came up with a nice list. Did you, what did you come? Up? Did you have a, a, something organized? Yeah, but mine are go through yours and let's see. Let's see if I have anything that isn't covered by yours. Okay, great. So I started out with um, the first position name is the Russell Westbrook. Okay, and these also could be Subway sandwiches if you like. Uh, so <laughs> if you want to do that, and we can figure out what kind of you know meat and cheese are on it. But um, Russell Westbrook, the score first point guard, athletic. You know, the guys who are like that, I would put in that category, like, you know, John Wall, Derrick Rose, Damian Lillard, Reggie Jackson. Yep. So what do you think about that? 
I, I had a I had the, I had a category which is the shoot first point guards. I called it Isaiah Thomas, but I don't know why. Um, but yes, that's that's what I, I was. I'm with you on that one. Absolutely, add Isaiah. The, the, Isaiah's the, the second coming. <laughs> right. Why would I name it after Russell Westbrook when I can name it after Isaiah Thomas for for obvious reasons? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I mean, I think that there's a, a clear cut uh, uh, role Absolutely. where perhaps in the past it would have been discouraged, and we didn't have as many of the, those kind of players. Uh, or that style at that position, but without question, now it's here to stay. Yep. Um, well, okay. So my next position then is the Chris Paul, the classic point guard, distributor, scores when the team needs it. You know, yep. can d up. So I, I had guys like you know Mike Conley, even like you know the, this iteration of Darren Williams is a little bit like that. Rondo, Rubio, Ish Smith, even. Yes. What do you think? Do you have that role? I do. I had called it the past first point guards, but basically, I think we're agreeing that there's two categories of point guards now. Well, we can't even use the term point guard, can we? Um, well, I think we're I think we're saying the classic point guard one is sort of in these two arenas now. Yeah, I mean, I think yes. it's like the I think of the role it's like the the smaller primary ball handler. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, the the shoot first ball handler and the pass first ball handler. Right, because we might have ball handlers that are, you know, uh, wings that are taller, right? So, right. But, but there is a, a real, you know, narrow 5'10 to 6'4-ish, uh, you know, guy that we're looking right. at pretty much. So Exactly. Speedy, slighter build. Cute. Cute. And, um, yeah. Respectful. <laughs> yes. Um, and so, uh, all right, so let's move on. So, okay, so we have the Russell, the Russell Westbrook, the Chris Paul. Yes. Yes. Uh, that kind of covers it for that. Then I move on to like you know the Dwayne Wade, okay, which was the you know the Michael Jordan in the past, but the Dwayne Wade, you know, the classic shooting guard. He yes. shoots, doesn't really assist that much, um, you know. That's but that's on his role. Now the funny thing is, I kind of threw James Harden in there, but I'm realizing now that that's not James Harden. Probably deserves to be in the Russell Westbrook category. Who you think? Well, he he assists probably better than any of those guys, doesn't he? Yeah, but isn't he more of like a combo player? I don't know. This is you know our first our first conundrum of the day. Uh, he's um, like he's like a big he's a bigger guy. He's yeah, that's true. You I know, mean, it's a tough of, one. But he averages yeah. seven assists a game. That's more than yes. some of the guys in our you know. But also six rebounds. Yeah, that's true. Well, okay. So, so but you but you can't. But can like we put Michael, Michael Jordan? How many like Michael Jordan got assists? But he was you know. He was yeah. a classic two guard. All right. All right. Let's put him in there then. Let's keep it simple. Okay. So the Dwayne Wade, you know, uh, we can put James Harden, DeMar DeRozan, Wes yes. Matthews. So then, then you have another subset of there where you get like the Nick Young, J.R. Smith guy. Okay. Uh, and, that, and that goes Lou Williams, right? So is that – so what, how would you define that then? Uh, although there is a – you know, perhaps you want to – you know, J.R. Smith's supposed to be coming off the bench – then, then you could be like the, the Vinnie Johnson, you know, the, the microwave uh, role, right? Oh, like just the instant offense guy, the Del Curry? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, the, so, and, you know, the problem is the guys like Nick Young and Lou Williams and J.R. Smith uh, today, their shot selection is so much poorer than those guys used to have back in the day anyway. You know, probably because they're like, Shit, you know, if I don't take good shots, I'm not coming off the bench. Any, I'm not going to play much. So these guys are still getting to play. I don't know. It's an interesting question. Okay. But there's somewhere, there's somewhere in, that, in that realm. Well, could we have Gordon Hayward in the same category as Nick Young? It doesn't feel right, does it? 
This seems weird. Um, yeah. I know. mean, Gordon Gordon Hayward to me is more. Is, I think he's a separate category. He's like a two three hybrid. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, I think it's its own. I think it's its own category. This holiday season, AT and T is giving away twenty five thousand dollars just for telling them what great LG products you want this year. Stop by a participating AT and T store and snap a selfie holding up the LG products you want to get, like the LG V twenty with five point seven inch HD display and Direct TV app to watch live TV. Then share your selfie on Twitter or Instagram with hashtag Here's What I Want Sweeps or upload it to Here's What I Want Sweeps for a chance to win twenty five grand. No purchase necessary. Click the banner for rules and a list of participants. Stores. Interesting. All right. Well, yes. I'll I'll put him down. I got a, I got a, a list for that. Okay. Uh, of like you know of strays and orphans. So I'm looking um, I'm looking at Hayward right now. Hayward six eight. Oh okay. Yeah, you right. know in shoes. In shoes. Yes. He's, <laughs> Sopping he's, wet. He's not... <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Um, uh, he's right. He's he's the Utah six eight. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Right. The air Southwest six eight. Yeah. You know. Um, all right. So so we have something there. All right. So we can take Gordon Hayward out of that list. So here's what we yeah. have. Like you know. So we can keep James Harden, Demar Derozan, Wes Matthews, and I guess we can just keep Nick Young, J.R. Smith, and Lou Williams, and like Contavious Caldwell Pope. Those kind of guys. Um, you know, of a similar size and a similar role. Um, I can go with that. Okay. Fine. All right. My my next group is what I call the Leonard Butler. Okay. So you got like a, you know a elite wing defenders that can score, and so Leonard being Kawhi and the Butler being Jimmy. Yes. <laughs> and uh, so we have those have two. Category. Like you could throw Clay Thompson in there. Mm-hmm. I would even throw Jay Crowder in there. I really feel like he's been playing great, and he can score. You know, he's not he's not getting huge numbers. I'm kind of going to check him out right now, but. You know, he can score, and he's been doing nicely even more recently. He's mm-hmm. averaging, you know, 14 and a half points a game, five rebounds, you know. And that's only in uh, that's in 32 minutes a game. So his per 36 is 16 points. So that, that's not bad. That's, that's getting somewhere in that area. Uh, Damari Carroll. Um, I even put, like, Iman Shumpert, who has the ability to, you know, he can create a shot every now and then. Or Paul George also would be the top of that list. Ooh, yes. Anybody else we're missing? I can't think of it off the top of my head. It's a good category. That's a good, and that seems to be a category. Like if you can get a guy like that, you're in good shape. Right. That's and that's that's who everybody seems to want to trade for right now. That's that's the guy who doesn't exist, and nobody will trade. Yeah, because it's not quite three and D, by the way. Because right. all you, those guys can put the ball on the ground a little bit and, and create. Right. You want that wing who can score. Yeah. Who can just score, not just shoot threes and score. Yeah. Like not the Sofalosha. But the guy that can score, and so um, yeah, then I'm, I think we're missing somebody uh, in, that, in that list. Yeah, because I'm I'm saying elite wing defender, because otherwise you can put like Kevin Durant in that list, couldn't you? Um, do you, it's hard to think of Durant more as the as a pure wing like that, though. Uh, yeah, I guess I, you know I, I wish he'd post up more and like be more down low, but uh, right. I think, know, we'll, I think you have another category for Durant. Which I think uh, makes more sense. I do. For you. Okay. All right. Yes. Let's well, let's, should we move on to the next category then. Sure. Move on to the next. So the next one I call the you know just in, in pure deference to uh, you know old men is uh, the the Kevin Garnett. <laughs> the Kevin Garnett. And we used to have a lot of those kind of guys. You know, like the power forward that would shoot from twenty feet. It could post up a little bit and yep. play great defense. Um, so I think what you have here is like Chris Bosh, Serge mm-hmm. Ibaka, uh, Porzingis could go in there. Okay. Do, do you agree with that one? Yeah, I, I mean, 
I guess so because yes, he can post up and yes, he can shoot threes and he's yes, he's kind of oddly quick. I guess so. I mean, I guess that's where you would put him. I mean, he's not really he's not a classic center despite being 7-3. So um, I guess that's where you put him. Uh, yeah, I, I just look at him as a tall, lanky, you know, in the body type kind of thing. Right. I guess, I guess maybe, maybe Porzingis' height is, is the kind of thing, like if he were 6'10", you'd say absolutely he's in that category. The fact that he's got those extra inches just throws him off. Okay. So I, I think you're onto something, yes. Because I'm almost thinking of putting Carl Anthony Towns in there, too. Really? Yeah, because he can bear the 20-footer as good as those guys. He does post up. He does, you know, he's 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 a player. He's gonna be like that. He's another he's another version of Kevin Garnett who can shoot threes, even though they don't let him. So this is kind of this is sort of borderline the stretch four category. Yeah, this could be the stretch four. I mean, I guess the thing is, is now Chris Bosh and Serge Ibaka do shoot threes. Yes. Whereas in the past they really hadn't. Uh, and then I guess so. Then but see, can you you can't put Kevin Love in this category, can you? Because of defense. the defensive components. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like this is this is where you get to the point where you almost need like positions almost need to be in two dimensions. It's like if you like you have the you have the position and then you have some sort of a like a color chart from pure offense to pure defense and they're somewhere in the middle or they're closer to uh, you know like the terror threat chart. You know, it's like, well, if they're closer to red, then they're more offense. If they're down towards blue, they're more defense. Or you could be in the middle somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, there's some, there's like multiple, um, you need, you know, oh, yeah. multiple or, definitions to that. There's multiple dimensions at that point. I'll, I'll give you your Rorschach <laughs> test late after the show, and we'll find <laughs> what you see in there. Um, you know, yeah, it, it's a real, this is a challenge because, because of where we are now in the game. I feel like this, this position has become very strange. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that Kevin Love has all the hallmarks of this. You know, he scores, he rebounds. It's just the defense. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we can but maybe make him a subset A, you know, subset yeah. D right. of that. A like he's, like, he's like a poor. He's like a poor defending stretch four. Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, but who else are we talking about four. then? Yeah. You know, who else is in that mold? I feel like we're missing some people. Then, like you know, Ryan Anderson. I don't know if he kind of counts for that or. You yeah, know. I think he's in that mold. I think he's in that he's in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm just looking through here. You know, Gallinari. Okay. Right. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who else. Um, yeah, you know, would, and would, I'm sure would Dirk would Dirk have been in this list? Dirk. Yeah. Oh, for sure, Dirk is in that list. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, it, it, again, we're getting we're morphing into more offensive stuff. Although Dirk at right. some point was. Okay, but you can't compare Dirk's defense to Chris Bosh and Serge Ibaka. No, no, or no, Kevin no, no. Doesn't, no, no, no. He doesn't have. It's not the defense. Well, this is where the same thing we're getting to, the, to Kevin Love. It's there's yeah. different levels of defense in this position, but okay. I mean, well. I think I think I think the defensive guys tend to fall. I mean, this is going to be different than you know Kevin Garnett, obviously, but like they tend to fall in the. Which uh, I don't know if you have this or not. I have like there's got to be if there's a stretch four, maybe a classic four category. Cla- oh. You know, yeah, like your, your Todd Gibsons of the world. Uh, yeah, like the that, that the Buck Williams. The Buck Williams. That's what. Oh, yeah, that's that's eternally what it should be. It should be the right. Buck Williams. Yeah. Okay. The Kevin McHale. Yeah. Well, but Kevin McHale never shot like like you know from outside like Buck Williams could, you know, uh, or even like um, Horace Grant. Okay, but I'm talking more of like a classic power. Yeah, but they weren't taking threes. 
Of course, Grant no. wasn't a three-point shooter. No, he would. He, you know, he got. Remember, he killed the Bulls when he came back with the with the Magic shooting like you know seventeen footers. Um, you know, and and so did Buck Williams. He, he could do that pretty well. Uh, and it's also body type. To me, it's like the way they look. You right. Know? Um, that's why there's a certain like you know the way they move, the way they look. It's like there's a similarity there. Carl but, Malone. Uh, right, Carl Malone. That's that's somebody we don't have that anymore. No one's that big. No. Um, Oh, let's move on to our speaking of Karl Malone. Our, our yes. next position, which is very similar to him, would be Lebr- Le- Le- LeBron. Yes, I hear say no one's that big except for LeBron. Yes, so you got LeBron, and you know, so in that group, you got to put like here's the thing: like, do you put Kevin Durant in that group? Because certainly, physically, he still hasn't ever like filled out to the point where he's strong. <laughs> well, what's so? What's the hallmark of this category? Because uh, I, like, I had them. That's sort of your combo forward category, right? Like, I, I wrote three, elite scores. What's that? It could be they could play three, could play four. They can play inside. They can play outside. Like yeah, yeah. So elite scores. I kind of want to say from the wing, but it's not the wing because you're right. They can post up and they can do stuff. Now Durant doesn't post up nearly enough for me, but he does do it and he's pretty good at it when he does. Um, So LeBron, Melo, Durant. Like yeah, who else is in that category? Um. uh, Oh, by the way, Lamarcus Aldridge would have to go back into Kevin Garnett. uh, position yeah absolutely absolutely right um uh but who's in that you know where do we put where do we put uh where do we put draymond draymond is is an orphan <laughs> he's an orphan he's just anywhere he's right categorizable yeah i i don't wow. I, you know he's he is uh he is like you know not, it's not, he's not a klingon he's not a uh an earthling what's the other guy in uh star, star trek romulan romulan He's Romulan. He's yeah. uh, he's the Borg. Yeah, he's <laughs> able to simulate you all. Yeah, wow, that's 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 it for my Star Trek knowledge. Yeah. I'm a um, <laughs> You know, there's not. There, I don't know if we're gonna solve that problem today. Okay, but um, um, you know, uh, is Blake Griffin in that category? Oh, wow. Um, can he can he can he work the wing that well? Yeah, well, you know, he, you know, actually, I guess you can argue what about that Blake Paul Griffin. George? Is, uh, well, I had Paul George in the, um, where did I have him? In the Leonard Butler. Okay. Because it's an elite wing defender and who also can score well. Um, you know, it's, this, this is challenging. You're right, because these guys can kind of go across different positions as well in theory. Right. Because um, you need a certain level of, it's, they're almost like, Bigger wing defenders. It's like they're wing. They're the wing defenders who can also go inside due to their size. It's the most wonderful time of the year, and with help from Albertsons, it doesn't have to be the most stressful. Stop in for great deals on holiday favorites so you can stretch your budget and celebrate more. Pick up fresh, boneless, skinless chicken breasts or thighs, just one fifty-nine a pound when you buy a value pack of three pounds or more, and get General Mills cereal, ten point seven to thirteen ounces, selected varieties, one fifty-seven when you buy two. Tastier meals, sweeter deals, happier holidays. Albertsons, it's just better. Yes. Um, yeah, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of looking up, like, you know, points per game, who the leaders are, just to see who jumps out at me for, like, being the elite scorers uh, at, that, at that height, I guess, is what we're looking at, right? right. Um, you know. Where's, like, Derek Favors? Yeah. Derek Favors is, a, is a more of a – he's, like, a traditional McHale-type player, isn't he? So he's, he's going to be in the Classic Four? Okay. But he, I feel like he doesn't stretch the floor like those guys do. 
Why does his favors get out to 20 feet? I don't even know if he does that. I'll have to look, but I don't think so. Um, I'm just looking at these other guys. So we you talk about so Durant and LeBron James are four and five in scoring in the in the league, uh, and then uh, other bigger like Anthony Davis. He's he's more of a center. Okay. Does he play more like a center? What do you think? Like I think he's no. Yeah. I, I mean he's not like a back to the basket center really too much. He definitely then, you know, then he's classic four. Yeah, I don't know. I, he might have more of that of, of like LeBron mellow stuff in him than than the other way. He's, he's a weird tweener as well. I, I, it's hard to pin it. But by the way, if you look at the top twenty scores per game, they're yeah. all guards. Yeah. I mean, Demarcus Cousins, boom. Uh, you know, Durant and LeBron, and then it's like you know, okay, there's a Paul George in there, um, Anthony Davis. But it's like I would say at least over half are guards. Yeah, I think it's kind of cool that there's a few top teams that are that have kind of their revolve around two guards i think it's kind of neat i feel like that hasn't happened in a while maybe maybe i'm just missing it but like the, like toronto's team or you know what i guess washington's not elite but like the you know how the, the they do revolve around two good guards i think it's kind of cool the warriors exactly yeah it's, uh, it's exciting it's fun it, it, it's fun it is i mean it, it's it's also you know it, uh, I don't think I want to go back to the days where they used to smash into each other all the time, and you know the the most rugged, you know meanest right. team won. Like, I don't think I you know, that was what was happening, you know, in the nineties. I don't think I want that. No, it's big guys are. Um, I, I, I'm trying to think of a metaphor for big guys because it's like it's like teams that stocked up on them suddenly have the surplus and you can't get rid of them. Like the Bulls. You know, I don't know if they're what. Like the Bulls. Like the Bulls. Like Boston. Like nobody, you know, every team has, they're like, no thanks, we already got a guy who can give us, you know, 12 points and nine boards a game. Like we have that guy. There's right. too many of them. I mean, you can't play, I don't know, there's, there's, uh, you know, there's like warehouses filled with them these days. Well, what I like about that then is that we won't, we're not going to have like the Kurt Thomases anymore who are going to play till they're 40, right, in, in that role. Right. You know, you're going to be able to find a guy who's cheap and he's 20 years old who's got energy, who's going to bang and grab some rebounds, right? right? Like, for a while there, we had those guys who were so old and, like, I always feel like they're just taking someone else's job, you know, and stringing out their career for two extra years um, in a way that that always kind of made me sort of, you know, granted, <laughs> I'm not that guy. And who knows? Those guys probably needed those two extra years for their, for their nest egg or whatever. But still, right. uh, I always felt like them like, well, you know, why is he still like, like Tayshaun Prince is not an example of like the big rugged guy, but like why he is still playing is beyond me and taking minutes from anybody else on that team is, is crazy. Kind of like uh, Jermaine O'Neal in the last few years he was playing. Yeah, Jermaine like O'Neal, formerly really good players. Yeah, right. Right, and whereas, then yeah, whereas yeah. now you can go, you can go find a Larry Nance Jr. and have have the same guy with more energy. Oh yeah, and I said it last night. And I said it a few weeks ago. Larry Nance Jr. is the best player on the Lakers. Um, at least he's he's the guy that plays the right way more often. Yeah, there was a sequence last night. I, I caught a few minutes of the game. There was a sequence where he had I think he had three offensive rebounds in a single possession, and. <laughs> It's nice. It's just that's that's the kind of energy that you know that every team can use. Yeah, absolutely. Like who, who, who can't use that guy? So, and here's the thing: like, I've been trying to say, like, I needed to explain to people who like want to dismiss him as whatever is you know. And here's a couple things: if he were develop, to develop a jump shot, 
mm-hmm. and a little confidence and like believe in himself, oh my God, then you'd, you'd really have something great. Because he already has those intangibles of, of playing really hard, like, like, like the Draymonds do. He just, he just doesn't believe. You can see he, he seems a little scared still. He doesn't seem to be comfortable enough. But if he ever did get that and then was able to shoot from you know, 18 or 20, oh, my God, the guy would be like his father, um, you know, at, at least that good. Um, but then the other thing is he's a little older, right? Right. So there's some weird thing where, you know, because the dude is 23, he, he, he ceases to be able to improve anymore. You look, I mean, we, we've talked about how maybe the Lakers are right now failing to develop their guys as well as they should. And the fact that he is performing so well compared to where he was drafted this early on this Lakers team with this lack of development probably says a lot about him. And I think, I think it bodes well for him for the future. If right. he can keep, keep doing what he's doing. Well, um, and then you can, you can argue that, you know, maybe the, the, all the development he got was in college and it was only a matter of him getting more minutes for the Lakers and the Lakers have done nothing to, to develop him. Right? right. Like, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe it is the fact that he just has opportunity that, uh, that he might not have had on another team. Yeah. Like if, if he were drafted by San Antonio or, you know, right. Golden State, he wouldn't be getting these minutes. Yeah. And so all I know is I'm watching him play and he like he sets screens correctly. He rolls the right the right direction, the right footwork. Um I mean he's an incredible athlete. He can dunk in a get up off the floor. Uh and he seems just like a generally nice guy who just who simply just wants to do right, you know. And you know, some of the other guys might be a little surly out there, but he just seems eager. And, um, you know, I, I, I gravitate toward those kind of players because it's like, you know, those are the guys you can work with. So did you see the report last night? Did you hear the Aldridge report that um, D'Angelo Russell doesn't know what he doesn't know and has no idea how to ask Byron Scott for that information that he needs to know to get better? No, I didn't see that. I saw, I saw the kind of conflicting reports that he was, was or maybe was not available for in a trade, but I did not see that. Uh, let me see if I can find the, the thing while we're talking. Um, yeah, I, th- I obviously I'm not I'm not on the you know I'm not on the inside, so I have no idea you know what he's <laughs> like or <laughs> no. <laughs> this it is was... not, this is terrible reporting, but like I just I feel bad for the guy. I mean it's it's such it's such it's going to be such a lost year in his development. Um, it's Here, just uh, here's it's some information for you. So because I was listening to it last night on uh, this is just simply uh, the reporting on uh, on the game at, on TNT. So um, David Aldridge said, this is the quote, one thing that D'Angelo Russell said this morning I thought was very telling is that he literally does not know what questions to ask Byron Scott about how to get better. I mean, he wants to get better. He knows he makes mistakes, but he is so young at age 19, he doesn't know what he doesn't know. In terms of getting better as an NBA point guard, he's just lost. And then Eric Pincus, my buddy uh, over at LA Times, was saying that, um, you know, the other quote from Russell was, I've never really played point guard in my life. I went to college. I was a basketball player. I played every position. Um, and now it's just thrown at me. It's something you just got to adjust to, and it's the hardest position in the league. Um, anyway, so that kind of stuff. So I don't know what to make of that, really. It seems worse on Russell's end. Like, you know, you just go to talk to Byron and just say, hey, let's, let's have some film sessions. Let's talk, like, you know. But is oh, – wow. That's tough. I mean, I don't, you know, is, does the culture, does the culture of that team allow you to do that? Right. I mean, the culture, the culture of that team is still, it's still a very Byron Scott, Kobe Bryant team. Like, does it allow you to 
right. show weakness, to show I don't understand this. I oh, need help. That's are really you are you allowed are you allowed to do that or are you expected to just, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and figure it out? That's very interesting. Um, great point. And, and they've played they played pretty hot and cold with them with, you know, he's our point guard of the future, he's not doing things right, you know, he starts, he sits. I, they're, it's confusing. It's got to be confusing for him. Yeah, and, and you can see it. And, like, listen, I see the talent. There's a lot of talent there, and people are all arguing with me about the Larry Nance thing, saying, oh, of course, he's 19, he's much better. He, he has more talent, without question. Um, but, you know, will he ever figure it out? Like, I, I don't know. And that's why I'm like, as of now, I, I like Larry Nance better. But, um, yeah. but, but yeah, it, it's an interesting conundrum because they have, you know, you have coaches. You have development coaches who are supposed to be every day working with you and helping you talk about decisions and right. how you fit in and, and if he's saying that, you know, this this long into this first season, that's a little concerning too. Yeah, it's really, you know, for a team that really was the, you know, the crown jewel of the NBA for so long, it's really kind of it's kind of sad to see how you know, the culture has just crumbled around there. It's really it's sad. It, it's sad to see that in the Lakers. It is. It is. Um, yeah. And, you know, whether they, you know, when, when, when Luke Walton takes over and maybe they'll change that culture. Do you think, is that what's going to happen next? Is Walton the next coach? I, I think Walton's going to have his pick of wherever he wants to go. Right. And so, so I, Byron, Byron's gone. That's what we think. Um, yeah, I, I think he's probably gone. And um, I heard an interesting rumor. I'm wondering if I can even say. Oh, come on. Sure. All right, you know it's it's late into the into the podcast. You know we sure. probably have you know less yes, people listening. I think the listeners who are still with us should be rewarded. Okay, by hearing by hearing the rumor. So here's a rumor, and it's totally unsubstantiated. Just pretend that I made it up. Okay. Um, Derek Fisher isn't going to make it after this year. Ooh, really? Really? So put that so, in your hat. <laughs> wait a second. Wait. He's got a fairly, I mean, I guess it probably doesn't matter to them. They have so much money, but he's got a fairly big contract too, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, you know, it could very well be like th- there's a play for Luke Walton and, you know, he's a triangle guy. He's a Phil Jackson guy. Um, they're going to want him and, you know, they're going to have to, you know, Luke Walton's going to get snatched up in the offseason without question. So, you know. Really? Think, think about that because that's, uh, that would be interesting. I don't. By the way, I don't see Bill Wal, uh, Luke Walden ever taking that job. I think he's a California guy, West Coast guy. Um, he was already was part of the Lakers anyway. I, I, you know what I mean. I just don't see him wanting to take it in the same in the same vein that you know uh, Steve Kerr turned it down. Yeah, well, look, if the Lakers get the first or second pick, you know, in addition to the young core they have, and he's allowed to put a system in place, it could actually be pretty exciting. It could be an exciting job. Oh, I agree. I think the Lakers yeah. are, are on their way, but I, you're right. The argument can very well be that with the culture they have in place now, and, and, and part of that just goes away naturally when Kobe retires, uh, right. that, that, that's not going to work. But once it's gone and you have it, you can recreate the culture with what you have. Jesus, yeah, those four kids they got, that's a great place to start. Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, you could start asking questions like, does Mitch Kupchak survive this? But I, 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 think, I, think, it's, I think it's hard to know exactly what was thought of internally as they put this team together this year you know like what they thought the goal was and you know when they signed guys like Roy Hibbert what they were really thinking I I I just think it's hard it's hard to really know what's going to happen yeah 
I mean, yeah. I couldn't think that they would, they, would, they, they would have thought they would have been much better than they are now. I mean, I think that they thought they were going to compete for like the eighth spot. Um, but at least on, on record, on the record, that's what they were saying. But, you know. No, I think I think they pretty much I think they pretty much have been tanking this entire year, and they knew that they knew that they were painted in a corner, and they didn't want to give up this pick to Philadelphia. And right. I just think I think that uh, I think okay. they see this pick as a, I think they've been tanking. Right. And by the way, you realize that they have to give the pick up. Like if if they keep it this year, then it's still going to go away at some point. Yeah, I think it's two years. I think they basically I think it's top three protected in. 2016 and 2017 and then it's unprotected in 2018 right so that gives them you know it gives them at least a little bit of time to kick right. the can down the road on this one um, yeah right and and you know and, and if, if they're passing through mediocrity at that point it might be a decent pick but you know and they're going to lose it but you know that if it's probably worth it they can get i mean jesus christ if they get what's his face if they get ben simmons ben, yes then then there's no team better prime to really compete <laughs> In in the, in that like that third year of Ben Simmons career. Well, that's and I was gonna say, and that's like the fixes in pick, right? Like that's if the Lakers pull number one, that's your that's your frozen envelope of the year, right? Right. Um, yeah. Um, did, you, did you see speaking of draft picks, like how many picks Boston has next year? We talked about this. Like it's ridiculous. How many? How they, many do they have? They they're gonna have three in the first round. Okay, so they're gonna have uh, the Nets pick, which will be. You know, it's going to be top five or whatever. You know, it could be the first, third, fourth, fourth, fifth. It'll be right up there. Then they they keep their own, so mid-first round. And they also have Dallas's pick, which I think is like top 13 protected. But Dallas will be in the playoffs, so they'll have Dallas's pick. So they got three in the first. And then I think they have four or five picks in the second round, including <laughs> Philadelphia's pick. So which is almost like another late first rounder, you know? They yeah. have So they have – and granted, second round, you can, you know, you can – you can do some draft and stash guys. That's fine. But didn't they have like four first rounders this past year? I mean, uh, how many young guys can they have at once? Right. Like they don't have enough roster spots. No, they, they, they need more than anyone. They need to start packaging and trying to trade around and get something going. They need, they need that three or four for one so badly. on that Right. Team. I, mean, for, I mean, listen, they've already got one fifth of the second round picks. It's like, why don't they keep going and see what happens? <laughs> exactly. Like, you get a second round pick and you get a second round pick. <laughs> I mean, and, and again, it might be the kind of thing where they're able to just sell those off at, at, at the draft when there's some guy that some team wants. It's always, it's never bad to have a second round pick. You can always cut the guys anyway, but um, mm-hmm. they just, they have, there's, too many guys and not enough spots going on there. Yeah, and, I, yeah. yeah. So, so you think there's going to have to be some deals being made by the Celtics before the deadline? Uh, you know, it would be. I think it would be great if they could make a trade before the deadline because if they could really add, if they could add, they could really make a run. Um, Ooh. They could. Uh, yes, but they need to add a bigger piece. I, I think here's here's the guy. You're going to say I'm crazy because I know we've talked about this a little bit. Um, here's the guy I think they should make a run at is James Harden. Aha. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yes. Now, before they fired McHale, you would have had the McHale-Ainge connection. Yes. 
um, which would have greased that wheel a little bit. But you want – so you think that the Celtics could trade for Harden. Okay, well, let's just – Can they? I don't know. Let's entertain Can that they? thought for a second. Okay, let's do as that. As we move on toward, you know, wrapping this up. Oh, yeah, wait. We need to wrap up the positions. Should we just go through them real fast? Offensive uh, center, defensive center? Uh, yeah, we could. I mean, I kind of petered out a little bit toward the okay. end here with my positions. But, yeah, I have the Joakim Noah, yes. who was the, you know, Andrew Bogut, DeAndre Jordan – I'm, I'm trying to think of well, you now. Andre Drummond almost fits into that because he's still so raw offensively, mm-hmm. but he does have a move or two, uh, and, and they Roy continually Howard. give it to him and ask him to make those moves, which is crazy, but they do. Um, and then you got the Marcus All, you know, the boogie Tim Duncan yes. yeah. position. Yeah, I basically I think I broke him down as the offensive center. I said Brook Lopez in the defensive center or Dwight Howard. Ah, it's basically yeah, Lopez. Yeah, similar thing. Yes. So here's the problem: is Marcus All spans both those. He's really a you know defensive center too. Well, he's a big guy. He should get two positions. Yeah, he yeah at least two. <laughs> pound for pound, he gets two positions. Yeah, dos. Okay, so let me be crazy. Let me be crazy for a second on James Harden. Okay. okay. So Harden's got two more years on his contract at about uh, roughly $17, 18000000 million a year. Great contract, right? Um, yeah, why? Like, if you look at Houston's roster, so next year, so they got Harden, right? They got Dwight Howard's a free agent, going to be a free agent. So they got a big decision. Do they re-sign him or not? Um, and then... You know, they're a team they're a team you go up and down the roster, guys they've got signed. They have non-guaranteed contracts to Ty Lawson and Corey Brewer. They've got Trevor Ariza for two more years, Patrick Beverly for two more years, KJ McDaniels for two more years, and then Sam Decker, Clint Capella, I can't pronounce this guy's name. Um, so <laughs> okay. I mean you're talking like they're the team you could go, wow, they really have four spots they could fill. They could really they could really add an infusion of four guys on this team. Yeah. And change okay. things up. They could do that. If they're the kind of team that if you said, look, um, for James Harden, we're going to give you the, the Nets pick and, you know, we'll send over either Isaiah or Crowder, possibly both. And then another guy, one of the, one of the big men on Boston, Sullinger, one of the big guys, maybe another first rounder down the road. So let's just say, let's just say, just just off the top of my head, we're gonna go we're gonna go James Harden in exchange for Isaiah Thomas. Uh, so uh, well, you can do a David Lee. Uh, yeah, but only I mean he's a free agent. Only if they needed to do it for money, which they probably won't. Okay. But let's say it was Isaiah and um, Crowder. And yeah, and, well, oh wow, do you think he could do Isaiah Isaiah Crowder and the and the Nets pick? Well, you know, I, I gotta guys. look at it from the Rockets' point of view. If they're gonna give that out, they're gonna want something at that position, wouldn't they? Uh, yeah, I guess so. So let's let's say it was that trade. I don't know if Boston would do that. Okay, so so Harden for Isaiah Crowder and the the number four, whatever the New Jersey Nets pick is gonna be. Would Boston do that? They have so they have the Nets pick uh, unprotected. That's one of their stupid unprotected. Things. Wow. So that's a top five pick. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the, maybe Boston box at trading Crowder. That's possible because they got him signed for through twenty twenty at completely reasonable. It, his salary never tops eight million dollars, and he signed for four more years after this year. Right. That's I don't know. I, I mean, listen, if they could get James Harden, though, I would have a hard time believing they wouldn't, you know, try that. But a trade like that—that's a team. That's a team where if you're Houston, you might say the core they have, the Harden Dwight core which may have to be broken up anyway after White leaves, is, is possibly – But what happens, not going to win in the West. What are, what are they, in the seventh position right now? Right. 
Right. And, and there's no hope in the future going forward either, really, with it. So, so, but here's the thing. So they trade James Harden, they get those back, Dwight Howard leaves. So now they really don't have any of that, which is, is that, is that acceptable? What would they do at center then? Well, I mean, first of all, if they get, so ask for a big, first of all, they can ask for a big guy back, right? right. And by the way, Dwight Howard, why, why wouldn't he resign? He's, they're probably going to be able to offer him the most money, yada, yada. So they can resign Dwight Howard if they want to, or they can go get, there'll be, there's other bigs around. We said that there's people willing to trade bigs, right? A lot of bigs around, you can always add one. Okay. Um, but it's you basically say, look, we're gonna we have to rebuild, and they go for a bigger yeah. rebuild. Or you know, they, they take can finally more, get they, or they take two draft picks. What? They could finally get Paul Gasol. They get Paul Gasol if they wanted to, or they could say, you know, look, we're gonna have a rough year for for next year or two, and we're gonna play for 2018. Well, I you know, I mean, I, I think Daryl Morey probably has some sort of weird rule that Simmons always talks about, where you can't trade that that star. But but and that know. may be, but but and I'm probably crazy for even suggesting this, but I I think this is one of those places where there is a possibility that it could match up and make sense. I I, I mean, I think if we're talking about winning, and if that's supposed to be the goal, which doesn't always align with like all the other stuff that you can make right. money off of. With. Then, then I get it. I, I think that there's a fundamental flaw with everything they're, they're doing um, with this roster, right? A, as there are with every roster except for the Spurs and the Warriors, right? Um, and so, yeah, like why sit on the pot? Well, I mean, look, if, you were, if you're looking at the rosters in the West and you're saying like, okay, the Clippers. Now, we don't necessarily think this, this core at the Clippers is a championship core, but they're close enough. Right. They're close enough to a good team that you never know a player becomes available. Maybe something breaks their way. You can make a case for them keeping this core together because they're 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 in the mix. But a team like Houston isn't really even in the mix anymore. Right. Their their window kind of came and went awfully fast. Well, it, and it's not it, I mean, it's maybe unless Josh Smith is going to whatever is going to change this whole thing around. But and, and remember, since they took over, they are better. They, they have a better record than, than they did. Uh, but you're right. They, they see, I, I got to take some a lot of film on them and really look at what's happening here because they're basically yeah they're basically a 500 team. Right. But but I, the record I saw for JB Bickerstaff was four or five games over 500. Okay. And I know that they were a couple of games under when he took over. Right. Uh, they're two yeah, games yeah, over now. Under. Yes. And they so were they're well, better since he's yes they are better since he's taken over. A little That's bit. True. But you but, know. But, I mean, even if you look at the standings, they're three and a half games away from being bounced from the playoffs. Right. That's, that's, that's sort of the position they're in now. Right. And you can argue that, they, you know, it was a mirage anyway because they never should have made it to the conference finals. Right. They should have lost and, in five to the Clippers, and that would have been it. No, right. They're, they're also, you know, they're, they're two and a half games behind the Grizzlies for the fifth seed. Okay, so you kind of get the idea of where they are. They're somewhere, they're in that range, give or take. But they are so far from being the best team in the West that right. I, I think I think you I think you rebuild. Yeah. Well, here's our homework for next week. What's that? Uh, figure out who the Memphis Grizzlies are going to are going to trade to become a title contender. Okay. Because they're sneaky, by the way. Look at that. They're in the fifth position and they they're are. moving up. They weren't that good earlier. Um, you know, you always forget about them, but there might be something there that could actually finally get them vaulted. That, you know what? If the playoffs were today, uh, Grizzlies Clippers would be a really interesting series, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah that would be that would be a fun series. Yeah, well, we'll have to find out how that plays out. But uh, Brian, again, I think we solved some serious problems tonight. Today, <laughs> All, as always, it is always a pleasure. All right, great. Well, uh, thank you, and then thank you to um, 3M for sponsoring the show. 
Oh, thank you, 3M. Thank you for all you do and the notes you have on my screen right now. <laughs> Terrific. Well, <laughs> beautiful. Um, I uh, will check in with you later. And um, Thank you, Coach. You got it. Don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, we're not a channel. We are a conversation. You in? Brian, yeah. are you in? Yes, I am in. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can seem intense. Like, breakup R&B intense. I thought you said you loved the sweater that I got you. If you didn't, you could have told me. Geico makes it easy. Just go to Geico.com anytime to update or check your policy. Without all the extra drama. I even had a gift It's the most wonderful time of the year. And with help from Albertsons, it doesn't have to be the most stressful. Stop in for great deals on holiday favorites so you can stretch your budget and celebrate more. Pick up fresh, boneless, skinless chicken breasts or thighs, just $1.59 a pound when you buy a value pack of three pounds or more. And get General Mills cereal 10.7 to 13 ounces, selected varieties, $1.57 when you buy two. Tastier meals, sweeter deals, happier holidays. Albertsons, it's just better.